Welcome to the Thomas Coffee Metal Podcast, episode 72. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. I am your host, Don Cardenas. I have, if I do say so myself, a really fun show today, full of some great recommendations and an awesome guest. So, let's get right to it. So, the first order of business I want to talk about today is, on February 1st, I am launching the Comics Coffee Metal Patreon. Now, what will be involved with the Patreon? Let me tell you. There will be Patreon-only mini-episodes of the podcast featuring... Uh, unique questions I will be asking my guests and other things. They will be Patreon-only album and comic review videos slash podcasts, depending on uh, what I can get out. There will be behind-the-scenes vlogs of my work, which includes anything I'm doing with comics, anything I'm doing with the podcast, and anything I'm doing with music. There will be free Bandcamp downloads for all the music I create. There will be, for certain tiers a commission discount there will be sticker drops i've been uh, working on designing some stickers and um while they are a fairly inexpensive thing i would say to, to generate and all that i do want to keep the tiers very low so i don't know if these would be just available to purchase only through the patreon or if i'm just gonna have a separate tier to get the stickers whenever i do them that's that's to be determined but again, first and foremost, the Patreon is about the podcast and what I can do to produce more of it, which gets me to my goals. Now, I have some pretty <laughs> high goals on here, uh, but you know, I have to shoot a little bit higher for some things because as I've switched back to doing this show bi-weekly, I kind of miss the weekly show <laughs> a bit, but I also have to able to justify it uh taking that extra time out of my comic work and all my other creative work to produce so this is one of the main reasons i am doing the patreon now in terms of tiers uh i have two tiers right now and first one i'm calling morning brew uh it's one dollar per month and that's pretty much everything you know you get access to the patreon only episodes the vlogs sound downloads uh, any exclusive Patreon-only content, $1 gets you right there. Now, the second tier, which I'm calling The Chug Life, <laughs> is uh, $3 per month, and that also includes everything that's exclusive to the Patreon. But on top of that, you will be named on the show as a thank you, and you will also get a 10% discount on all merch and commissions that I have. Now, I'm working on putting some other things into this tier. Um, most likely, if I end up folding in uh, the stickers to be shipped to you, you know, maybe quarterly or something like that, that will be included in this tier. Uh, but aside from that, I'm working on some other things put on there. Um, you will also have exclusive voting power, because once we have enough patrons... I can start putting up some polls and we can start, you know, figuring out, you know, fun things to do for the show and all that. And then you would have the ability to vote on what we're going to do, what I'm going to do. Um, again, I have a lot more stuff planned for the podcast, a lot more stuff planned for this Patreon. 
you know, I want to get back to doing daily sketches or at least a couple of times a week and putting those up and hopefully having some sketch raffles once we have enough patrons and, and stuff like that. This isn't, uh, <laughs> there's not an expectation here that I'm going to get rich <laughs> doing this Patreon. This is to support the show. This is to help me make more of the show. And in doing so, I also want to, you know, have kind of a hub for things. So I want to have all these creative endeavors I do just kind of be centralized in one place that people can come check them out. I have a ton of awesome projects in the works and I'm just like bursting at the seams to talk about it. So that's another reason I'm doing this is I want to have, you know, a nice safe place to put all these behind the scenes things that I can't really uh, discuss publicly or you may not ready to be discussed publicly, but you know, I still want to talk about it. I still want to show people. I still want to get people's reactions to things. So yeah. So it will be at patreon.com forward slash comics coffee metal. It'll be launching February 1st and you can go there now and there's a public post where I kind of go over all of this stuff already. And if you just can't wait and you want to join the Patreon, they will charge you for the month of January. But if you do that, I'll make sure I send you the comics coffee metal sticker and you know some free, some pdfs and song downloads of stuff i already have uh just just to make up for that regardless of whatever tier you pick right now so but yeah patreon.com forward slash comics coffee metal i hope to see you there i'm really excited about the stuff we got going and yeah let's get to the recommendations okay my comic book recommendation this week is the fantastic sequel to dead legends dead legends 2 uh i talked about dead legends 1 uh probably just over a year and a half ago uh, i think it was probably one of the first comics i recommended on the show uh it is written by james maddox drawn by buddy and former guest gavin smith uh who also did the art with assist by melina denano lettered by ryan barrier uh, it was released through a wave blue world and it is super fun action violent full of just pure ass kicking goodness now if you have not read dead legends one i highly recommend you do it is a super fun just kung fu tournament made comic action story that just killed it on all levels and i'm going to be talking a little bit about the the events at the ending of that so this will be a spoiler for dead legends one so if you have not read it please go ahead and skip uh so you don't get uh spoiled on that all right let's talk about dead legends two well more accurately let's talk about what happened in dead legends one leading us to this uh in dead legends one we met yan nakamura who went and snuck into the Dead Legends uh, Kung Fu Tournament to avenge the death of her husband. And in there, she met his uh, his murderer, Blind Tiger, faced him in combat, and killed him. But along the way, she met some other characters, such as Red Death, Barbosa, Stalk, and the head of the Dead Legends Tournament, Damon. Now, Yan... Just wanting her revenge, refused to face Damon in the final conflict, 
and that kind of pissed him off. <laughs> uh, Damon had been kind of, uh, I guess, uh, uninspired by the other fighters that would be facing him, and seeing Yan's prowess, he definitely was like, finally a worthy challenger. But when that opportunity was taken away from him by Yan, who just wanted her revenge, uh, that pissed him off pretty good, and we ended Dead Legends 1 with the uh, premise that he's going to go after her and get his fight, whether she likes it or not. Now, along the way in Dead Legends 1, uh, Yan befriended Red Death and Barbosa and Stalk, and we open Dead Legends 2 with kind of the, where are they now? Now, not mentioned before, is Yan was pregnant the whole time her child. At this point, the child has been born, and they are essentially in hiding from Damon's gangs. And as much as Dead Legends 1 was the kung fu tournament setup and style, Dead Legends 2 feels like it feels like a, like a really cool 80s beat 'em up video game, kind of like a Double Dragon or like a Final Fight or something like that where the the locales are changing, they're more urban and the villains are more even more colorful and just kind of uh, outlandish and kind of out there and yeah, it just really reminded me of those like the, those really cool kind of video games, uh, or you know even like a movie like The Warriors or something like that, where it's just a little bit over top. But it is all handled beautifully by Gavin. Artwork has just hit a whole new level on here. Gavin really you know pushed himself on the fight scenes and all that. There's an absolutely gorgeous fight scene in here with just done with silhouettes in white and black that just you know bravo Gavin bravo it was awesome so beautifully done it's one of the the uh, pinnacle fights of the book and uh, I was a little surprised that's the direction he went with but it was so fitting so perfect uh, yeah Gavin has just been killing it on this book uh, he you know his color work has also while perfectly perfectly good in the previous uh, volume has just you know, grown exponentially with this book, and yeah, he he's this is clearly a passion project from James and Gavin. They clearly put all their heart and soul into this, and it is just really really cool. Uh, now there's a setup for a third volume that I cannot wait for them to get to. Uh, I hope that they are uh, hard at work on it. I know Gavin's been doing a lot of Star Trek work, which again has been awesome as well. I really like Gavin's, you know, gritty, realistic style and how that's just grown over the years that I've known him and um, and just you know, seeing how much he's refined everything and he's still able to make things feel like he's able, he's able to take like crazy things and still and ground them, make them feel real but not boring or anything like that. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gushing about Gavin, <laughs> but he he deserves it. He did stellar stellar work on this book. James no slouch himself, of course. Uh, the story is fantastic. The script is great. All the characters feel like themselves. They feel like individual characters and not just carbon copies of each other. Or even if a character is, you know, kind of a stereotype or I don't know, stereotype. It's like a like a trope tropish character. 
they feel natural. They don't feel like, oh, this is obviously, you know, just like a placeholder type of thing or anything like that. Uh, one more thing about Gavin's art, though, I will say. He does a lot of that thing, I guess you can call it ghosting, with the fight scenes where basically within a panel, you're drawing the figures multiple times doing a movement or something like that. And that's a lot of extra work. Having done that a few times myself, and I just appreciate the extra mile Gavin went with that and, and doing these things and just trying to uh, make the fights feel more visceral and real and you know fluid and not static which a lot of fight scenes can be especially when you're involving martial arts moves and stuff because you want to be able to depict them accurately but you also want to make them interesting and sometimes you know that's a, that's a, that's a hard uh, balance to meet but Gavin did it fantastically so, Dead Legends 2, obviously I love it. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Please go check it out. It is available at awaveblueworld.com and also Comixology or go to your local comic shop. And if they don't have it, demand they get it or face you in a kung fu tournament. All right. Oh, hello, fellow humans. You caught me in the middle of drinking coffee while reading comics and listening to metal. Do you ever get curious about how your favorite creators get their inspiration? Have you ever wondered what led them down this path? Well, join me, noted comic book heartthrob Grant Stoy, as I do deep dive interviews with some of the best comic book folks around on Into the Comics Cave. Each week we examine a creator's history and find out stuff like where they grew up or whether or not birds with lips are sexy. You can find us on Apple, Stitchers, and most anywhere you stream your podcast. Now back to my favorite hugger in the world, Don Cardenas. Okay, my music recommendation this week is the uh, very hard to pin down uh, genre-wise Shadow of Intent. Uh, And I say that because they clearly have a lot of influences. In my brain, listening to this album, I just thought symphonic deathcore. Uh, But that's just trying to to put it in a box (laughs) for my brain to kind of process everything about it. Uh... They remind me very much of Flesh God Apocalypse. Uh, not so much in like a, you know, like a sister band or something like that. Just that they, they, they introduce a lot of different elements and weave them in really, really well. Shadow of Intent is currently uh, comprised of Ben Durr on lead vocals, Chris Wiseman on guitar, backing vocals and clean vocals, Andrew Monias on bass and backing vocals, and Bryce Butler on drums. Now, Shadow of Intent was not something I was expecting, not something I was waiting for. Uh, I was really just going through new music releases, and for some reason I was just drawn to this album cover and the name to check it out, and I was pretty blown away. Uh, the album we are discussing right now is called, is their newest one called Elegy, and it is just, you know, a powerhouse of super heavy riffs super uh aggressive vocals really great melodies really fantastic guitar work and some really really awesome symphonic and electronic elements now you know most people who listen to the show will know that i have a pretty wide berth of stuff i enjoy this hits a lot of the notes of stuff i do enjoy so it should be no surprise to me i like this so much and 
yeah, I, I think a lot of people will dig this. It, it's something that I think is a little more approachable uh, for someone who may not be into, you know, death or deathcore or something like that. Uh, it definitely has that lower, real guttural vocal style, but it's contrasted so much with the melodic elements of the songs, either through the symphonic uh, instrumentation or through the guitar melodies. Um, there's a lot of great riffs, and there's just a lot of great influences on here. There's songs that sound like they're very influenced by, you know, bands like Death, uh, and there's stuff that sounds like, you know, the <laughs> the vocalist is trying to like go as low as humanly possible with his vocals, but meanwhile you got this soaring symphonic arrangement in the background, which uh, again I bring up Flesh God Apocalypse because. Looking into this band, they have uh, had members of Flesh God Apocalypse helping out with some of the symphonic aspects in previous albums. I don't know if they did with this album. I couldn't find that information, but it is really, really cool stuff. It's it's something I really enjoy when a band like this just kind of wears their influences on their sleeves and don't you know don't try to like force everything to be a certain style within their album they experiment a lot uh previously i talked about carcosa and they kind of do the same thing where some songs sound you know almost like a different band almost uh obviously you keep the consistency of the actual members and the vocalists but just the approach or the 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 style of the riffs and things like that they're not afraid to just like go where their muse takes them and do that. Now, looking into the band's uh, history, they, they start. It started off as just like a studio project, and was heavily inspired by Halo. I believe Shadow of, of Intent is the name of a ship in Halo, and this is the first album where the lyrics and, and music isn't kind of uh, inspired by that. And I haven't looked back at the previous stuff. I know nothing of Halo. This is all stuff I'm just learning, looking, looking up, researching the band. But, you know, I'm interested to see, uh, go back and listen to where they started and, and, and how they ended up here. The album has just, again, you know, a, a ton of amazing tracks. The opener, Farewell, uh, is just blistering the intensified genocide the fifth track is just a super deathcore <laughs> song um one one thing you know i mentioned that how they kind of interweave their influences and stuff there's a lot of really great solos on this album and that's not something you really you really get with deathcore so there's and the solos aren't just like oh here's a little lead line like they're fucking ripping on this album you know there's like full-on sweeps with the guitar and all that it's it's crazy and it's super welcome, and it's uh, it doesn't necessarily come out of nowhere. It's just kind of like a pleasant surprise. Um, there's some really great cameos on this album from other vocalists, uh, such as Phil Bozeman and Chuck Billy from Testament. And if you get Chuck Billy on your album, I love Testament. You can't go wrong there. Uh, and the song Blood in the Sands of Time, awesome, awesome. I was really trying to figure out what's my favorite song on this album, and... You know, it being so diverse, it was really, really hard to choose. <laughs> uh, especially when I want my choice to 
feel representative of what you can expect. Um, and ultimately, I went with the second to last track, which is part of the trilogy at the end of the album, Elegy 1, Elegy 2, Elegy 3. Uh, I'm going with Elegy 2, Devise. I feel like this, it, it gives you a good idea what to expect with this album. Uh, it's, a, it's a great song, and the trilogy that ends this is, is awesome too. They close this album out perfectly. It's epic and just killer. <laughs> I'm losing adjectives with this band. Like, I don't know what else to say. They're awesome. I'm so glad that I decided to take a chance on them and, and check out this album and that I had the opportunity to kind of sit with it. It is, it's an hour long, which is, you know, a little bit longer than some of the albums I've been listening to. But yeah, I'm glad I had the time to like check this out, sit with it, and, and really dig into it. And I think you're going to dig it too. So here we go. Shadow of Intent, Elegy. The song is Elegy 2, Devise. It's available Apple, Bandcamp, everywhere you get your music. This week's guest is someone I am incredibly glad to have on. I was first and foremost super honored to be a guest on his amazing podcast, Into the Comics Cave, which you've heard ads on this very show about, and most likely before this interview. Uh, And it is an absolute blast to have this person on because I would love to talk about anything with my guest here. They are such a fascinating and interesting person to talk to, uh, be it their comic work uh, via editing and writing the anthology Yule, which I talked about a few weeks ago, or their new Kickstarter for SideQuest number four. But before we get into any of that or his awesome podcast and, and kind of the behind the scenes and some of that stuff that I might want to ask, first and foremost, Grant Stoy. Comics, coffee, metal. What are you digging right now? I just got chills. Uh, <laughs> I've been dreaming of this moment for so long. Uh, first and first off, uh, what up, bitches? <laughs> <laughs> Grant's been telling me all evening to start up the podcast with just saying "What's up, bitches?" and uh, 
I've been too much uh, of, of a wuss to, to do so. So thank you for just taking that opportunity and just running with it, sir. Hey, it's it's my pleasure. Um, let's see. Uh, comics is the easiest one because I've got my stupid reading pile to my right. Uh, I've been digging The Rush by Cy Spurrier because he's a genius. Uh, I've got what the what's the furthest place from here? I feel like everyone should be reading that at this point. Um, and Harley Quinn Eat Bang Kill Tour. Those are all pretty good. Right now, I'm just like I've been going through all my the graphic novels I have on a bookcase because they're nice to look at, but you really gotta reread them so they get some some usage. Uh, yeah, I, that, that, that that's the problem I'm falling into because there's <laughs> definitely stuff I need to read that I haven't read yet that I own, and then there's new stuff that's coming out I want to read, and then there's stuff I want to reread because it was so good. Yeah. And, How, yeah. Like recently, I reread uh, Glory by Joe Keating and Sophie Campbell. Mm-hmm. And that, oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite all time comics ever. It's so good. Yeah, you know, I, that's, that's a blind spot for me. I, I love oh, Sophie's yeah. work. And it's definitely something I know I need to go check out. But again, yeah, it's one of those endless things where it's like there's just so much great stuff out there. How do I, how do I catch up without like, being able to freeze time and just go and read whatever the hell I want. Yeah, it's we can't all be Hermione Granger, you know. Uh, I'm I'm not up on the Potters, but I, I get the reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. For metal, I'm actually ready for this one. All right. Uh, I, I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is, but let's see. Uh, it's been two bands uh, that scratch an itch that I had. Uh, number one is Baby Metal. Uh, mm-hmm. I've fallen down a rabbit hole recently, and I just saw them uh, performance they did with Rob Halford of Judas Priest, and I was like, "This is amazing." Uh, and the other one was recommended to me by you uh, inadvertently. It's the unfortunately named Eskimo Callboy. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> it's so much fun. Like both those bands are fun, engaging, and they're a little bit. It feels not adhering to. Uh, genre guidelines if that makes sense yeah well uh to go in order what you said baby metal you know i have a you know a a tenuous relationship with with that music and because when they first like kind of hit the scene their fans were absolutely insufferable there's and it was borderline like you know like Because it was, you know, three Asian women fronting this band, like that kind of seemed like the reason so many people liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, at least based on the fan base that was pumping it so hard, but I, I forget where it was. It was probably like on a mix or something or a, a, a random playlist I was listening to. And one of the songs came on, and I'm like, this is actually like really awesome riffage. Yeah. And the kind of just the mixture of the j-pop kind of stuff with it like it was it was i think maybe i was just in the right place for like okay this is kind of funky and cool like i i I can dig this um which you know i guess the mixture of metal and like j-pop style stuff is like you know if you watch any anime i guess that's pretty much any anime opening (laughs) um 
not to paint too broadly of a brush with that, but yeah. So I was like, okay, I can develop at least an appreciation of what they're doing and all that. And, you know, there's a few tunes on there. I'm like, I'm not going to turn them off if they get on, or if they come on or whatever. But uh, the aforementioned, unfortunately named Eskimo Cow- Cowboy, I should make note that they have called that out themselves now. Oh, that's good. They are from Germany. They are not native um, English speakers. And I, I, me, myself, like I didn't realize that until recently because uh i forget what it was but um and it's like something made me like is is, wait like is eskimo a bad word like and i you know i'm gonna stop refraining from saying it now (laughs) uh i'm gonna keep repeating what some people consider a slur uh amongst a race but uh they called they call that out themselves and they're they're looking into a name change oh good um yeah, which you know, most people are like, just call yourselves Callboy. No one's gonna. Yeah. And apparently, they've had some kind of like you know, edge lord type, risque lyrics from years ago. Yeah. Uh, from 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 some of their songs, and they call that out, and they're trying to get those. You know, so I can accept that. You know, these all the interviews I've seen with these guys and all that, they just seem like a bunch of goofballs who like having fun and doing all this. I I don't think there's any maliciousness behind what they did and uh the names and all that so i feel fairly comfortable like still being a fan yeah especially uh when they switch to their new lead singer whose name is i'm i'm blanking on but like as soon as they they went to him it was almost like a uh, a sea change where they yeah. went from being like the the edge lord stuff like you were saying to just embracing this more andrew wk kind of party rock sort of thing and they're working it yeah. really well uh, they had that whole batch of uh, covers of uh, Hypa Hypa, which were amazing. Yeah. My yeah, my favorite being the we brought butter the bread with butter version, <laughs> which is just like somehow like the first the original version's pretty metal. It's dancey and yeah. all that, but it's very pretty metal. And this one's just like even more just <laughs> insanely metal. Um, and also uh, naming your band we butter the bread with butter is just kind of genius yeah it's that's know. next level stuff man that's another band that if you kind of like the the callboy stuff check them out they they kind of have some it, i don't think it's as funny but it's definitely as it's pretty unique yeah well i'm glad yeah the <laughs> the the callboy stuff it just i think mainly the, the thing that really sold me on them like i like the hyper hyper thing mm-hmm. but we got the moves that my friend that video had me in tears the first time i saw it even you know the video aside the song itself it it's like uh scientifically designed to be like the absolute perfect distillation of everything they're trying to do oh my gosh yeah from the way the synth sounds and some of the like the 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 synth drum like bass drum hits and just like just the guitar sound and the ri- you know, the way the riff is structured and just you know the the fake breakdown into the crowd chanty thing into a breakdown you know the dut, 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 yeah, dut yeah. part like just all of that it's just like yeah it's like perfect <laughs> i can't i can't describe it any other way it's like it is i've literally had whole like you know runs where i've just had that song on repeat just because it's such a killer song to 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 just like do something to 
Well, the singles, like the the ones they've released uh, most recently, it's tough not to listen to them all the time. Like you yeah. remember when you were younger and you dub songs off the radio and you'd like mm-hmm. replay something over and over again ad nauseum to the point where you're just like, I'm sick of this now. It's it's a battle for me not to get sick of that right now. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it is. Even the the newest song Pump It is just Oh <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> it's 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 just yeah. I, I'm 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 glad they're addressing the questionable stuff they've been part of. And I'm hoping that, you know, they are being true with it and, and being honest with it and that they continue just to like, just kill it. I know they're trying to make a play for Eurovision. Oh yeah. I saw that. So I, I'm pretty sure that's also, you know, putting a fire on their, under their butts to kind of like make sure they're not like, you know, questionable, I guess, in terms of being able to be supported. Um, I'm trying not to use the C word just because it's stupid. Uh, I just, I just hate it. You, I hate it being used. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just because. Just, just. Um. Anyway, so cool. <laughs> but yeah, for coffee. Uh, this is. I'm, I live in Massachusetts now, and they have a lot of really good uh, whole bean coffee, which we get because my, my wife likes to use her grinder and stuff like that. Uh, but I am kind of basic in that. I really like Death Witch coffee. Okay. Uh, that's my ground coffee that, that, that we'll make uh, for the pot for the weekends that I really enjoy. But uh, I've also been buying Kawaii coffee. Uh, okay. It looks like yeah, I, it's I think I've seen twenty percent Hawaiian coffee and vanilla macadamia nut flavored, and okay. I buy them in pods because I am a very simple man, mm-hmm. and when I need that, I need it. <laughs> yeah, I I still haven't tried Death Wish, at least the the ground stuff yet. I I um <laughs> oh no, it was not good at all um it's like i yeah but you know i just haven't made the i guess i'm I'm, a, I'm afraid <laughs> to try a little bit just because of the like i don't know how extreme it is with the caffeine the caffeine i wouldn't say um, it's not it's that that much okay uh but you know i also i have my i have my favorites uh as i talk about a lot here and i've got some new favorites and i like I, I'm trying to make more of an effort just to try newer, newer, smaller brands and stuff like that. Cause so many of them now are available online and so many of them now have like sampler packs where you can buy like four, Ooh. like one pot worth of beans, but it's like, you can get like four different blends. And I just did that with this place, Snowdrift coffee. And I found one of my new favorite coffees from that. And it's like, Ooh. awesome. You know, there's this Mexico blend they have, which is like, you know, rivaling my favorite from Rootless, you know, the, the damn fine cup of coffee. And yeah, so I'm just, you know, I'm trying to do more like that. And, and Death Wish is so like ubiquitous. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it kind really of, kind of just mainline at this point. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe when I uh, 
uh, whenever like Metallica puts a new album out, I'll like review that a Batman comic and like <laughs> Death Wish because it'll be the most basic ass like <laughs> choices to review and talk about. Like you know, so I, I should have did it when I talked about Black Label Society a little bit back. Oh but yeah, well that would have I should got the Valhalla Java blend. Hindsight's twenty twenty, man. What can you do? I, that's okay. I'm sure Zach will release another album like in a year. Oh, and I have to uh, say this because it's a point of pride, but I drink coffee black now at home. Oh, fancy. Uh, it's It was out of necessity because uh, I, I ride the weight roller coaster, which is always fun uh, growing up. And at one point I did uh, keto for a while, so I couldn't put like cream and sugar in my coffee and I started drinking it black. And I got so used to it that that's how I drink it at home. However, if I'm out and about and I'm ordering coffee from someplace... I want it to be a milkshake with a hint of coffee. <laughs> nice, nice. You know, I, I've, I've tried black so many times, I just can't do it. Uh, even when I've had to do it <laughs> for, like, whatever restrictions I put upon myself or whatever weight loss I'm trying to achieve, I just can't. Like, I just decide, like, I'd rather not drink it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or, wow. Or I'll drink, like, one cup. And like that's it. Like I don't want any more. Oh, that's um, that's why I like this uh, Kawaii Vanilla Macadamia Nut because although it's black, you, you got still you got get... flavor in it. Yeah, yeah, you got flavor in there. Um, which you know my wife can do black, coffee and she's like, even though now she'll take a little bit of creamer with it, but she could do black coffee if she didn't if we didn't have it. And every time I get a new coffee blend, I try it black because I want to try it most natural state, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, each time I'm kind of hoping, like, is this the one? <laughs> is this the one I'm going to be like, okay, I can do this like this the whole time. Like, and I don't know. It's just, it's just what it is. Um, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, I don't see myself doing keto or anything like that. <laughs> uh, if, if I do keto, I'm going to die of a heart attack. Just like, oh, gosh, yeah. Seeing some of these, these like, just meals people make with, like, oh, it's keto friendly. I'm like, that looks like I've, I've got heartburn, man. Like, that's the thing, like, uh, when I tried it, I, I modified it to stuff that I feel like I could stick with longer. Like, I basically cut out breads and dairy and processed sugar. And I was like, I can eat meat and vegetables and fruit, and that, that'll work. And it worked for a while, but, you know, as, as someone who also rides the weight roller coaster, you know that once you get a hankering from, like, for, like, a pizza or a cheeseburger or something, yeah. like, you allow yourself that, and something, it just starts creeping back in. Yeah, it's, it's, it's journey <laughs> it's a journey you gotta tell yourself um you know and it, the older i get the more i'm like i realize like the the thing i know works <laughs> i know what works to lose weight and all that i just you know ignore it <laughs> sometimes <laughs> um this hasn't been the best uh fall winter for me for losing weight so you know it's uh well i, I don't know if you've noticed but the pandemic is still going so yeah, I there's, feel a, like there's, this, a, there's an extra level of stress upon everything that yeah. uh, uh, kind of adds to all of that. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things, I guess. But enough about sad things, <laughs> weight loss and things like that. Let's talk about happy things. Let's talk about your podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Uh, it is... I, I'm pretty sure I saw the inklings or the 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 uh 
beginnings of this podcast form with you just kind of talking about it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wanting to do a comics thing in the style of, I'm pretty sure I saw uh, you post about, like, I want to do something like Inside the Actor Studio, and I'm pretty sure I saw Comic Book Yeti. You're the, I guess, you know, host of the podcast, the site host of the podcast. Uh, Matt and crew do all the hard work. I just, okay. I just ask people if they want to be asked dumb questions. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty sure I saw them like, Hey, let's talk <laughs> or something like that. So, uh, and we might've messaged each other about it before or something like that. Oh yeah. Um, so what you, I've heard you mention before that you, you kind of worked in radio a bit. Yeah. Um, so was doing a podcast just all, like always just something that was kind of in the back of your mind? You're kind of waiting for that idea to hit of what it is you would do? Or is it just kind of one day you're like, oh, shit, I should do this? Well, like back when I did radio, uh, I really, for as shitty as it could be, I really enjoyed the fact that I was doing it because uh, my grandpa uh, on my mom's side, he worked in radio for WJR in Detroit, which is a huge deal in Michigan. And kind of following in those footsteps and ending up there meant a lot to me and it meant a lot to my family. And thankfully, I worked with a lot of really cool people who were like just fun to dick around on air with. Um, and we actually did start a, a podcast for a while that we called Court of Nerds. And we used a lot of our radio stuff to make it a fun podcast because uh, we had all that cool equipment. We could use our official company <laughs> emails to ask people if they wanted to show up on this thing. And it worked. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, but it, it, it's a lot of work, especially when everyone's working in radio and the thing has to be edited and editing can be such a pain. And for a while, like I moved out of Grand Rapids to Traverse city area. And then from Traverse city after a couple of years to Massachusetts and it, it just never lent itself to having good equipment or using that as an excuse, at least as to not why I didn't want to podcast anymore. Uh, but since fall of 2019, when I kind of decided to immerse myself in uh, comic books and stuff, I found several podcasts that are really like yours being one of them. And just, I don't know, something about it made me miss making podcasts and talking to people about shared interests and the kind of passion that could bring out of folks and even brought out of me. And, you know, one day a wild hair grew in my ass and I was like, oh, I think this might be fun. So I need to watch do this. Awesome. Yeah, I think, oh God, I, I don't know when it was, but you messaged me at one point and you, you said a lot of very nice things about the show. And I can't tell you how like awesome that was to hear because though I can look at numbers and I can tell that people listen and things like that, just the feedback portion of it. Right. Yeah. Um, and just getting any sort of feedback, much less the very positive and, uh, nice feedback you gave me. Like that was so like, Oh God, this is worth it. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, you also, uh, were a grantee medalist for a best yes, I was. podcast. Yes, I, I am a proud grantee medalist, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm hoping to have a repeat. Hoping to have a another one. We'll see. Uh, come was it June? I believe. Yeah, it's uh everything that out. I consume from May to May because that's what normal people do. Well, there you go. Uh, so yeah, that's 
that's that's just it was really nice to hear especially when you're like i used to work in radio and you know, your sound's pretty good and i'm like awesome because you know <laughs> I, I i do kind of talk about you know i've just like the third mic i've had in a year <laughs> or you know and i'm like you know wanting this to sound at least sound good if it's not above anything else um so yeah that was just you know so thank you oh, yeah. uh on air <laughs> thank you for <laughs> for saying nice things um because yeah it it it, it really helped with cuz you, you as you know and you've mentioned like it's a lot of work doing a podcast it's even still work. even though i joke about not doing a lot of editing on this show it's still a lot of work <laughs> oh yeah it's, for for like a let's say an hour long podcast you probably have to edit if you want to edit it well you're putting two, maybe three hours or more work into that one episode. Yeah. And, you know, it's there's there's times where you have to like fight battles where it's like, all right, my guest has a lot of background noise. Like, do I go and try to clip out all this stuff or do I just let it sit and, and, and do what I got to do? And just little things like that. Like, I'm thankful enough that 99% of the podcasts I've recorded the the editing in terms of like minimizing like hangups or weird things that you know I have to cut things and all that super minimal uh it's 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 mostly sound quality i think is <laughs> the biggest thing i'm like always trying to tweak with always trying to mess with cuz especially when like uh one of my recent episodes with Anthony Johnson you know he had the, the he had the mic i'm talking into now like this super nice mic microphone and i'm like all right it was like the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like all right he has really good quality on this he sent me his own file like how do i make this not sound like shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know um so yeah it's just it's just it's just a lot of work and then you know most of most of the work i think with the podcast for me is the front end stuff so while so you know, I, I I often think like it'd be nice just to just do the interviews because just the interviews would be pretty easy, I would say, just because I have my own templates and and flow, right? For for doing that, but you know, I don't know. So I I applaud you though for coming back into the podcast realm because Into the Comics Cave is one of my favorite shows right off the gate. Well, thank you. You know, though you kind of like. Is you admitted that you're using the structure of kind of like inside the actor's studio. Like, it, there's one thing saying you're going to do a thing in a style of a thing, and there's nothing doing it well. You know, so <laughs> it's it's like when people are like, "Oh man, this artist draws just like I'm just going to pull a name out of a hat." Like, this guy draws just like Jim Lee, exactly like Jim Lee. It's like, okay, that's still hard. Yeah, it's oh, <laughs> still gosh. really hard to do. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, like so you know, it, it, it's it's one of those things where it's just like it. There's still a level of skill that has to be in and time and effort that has to be put in for something like that. Um, not talking about you swipers out there, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feel free um, to trace. Everyone yeah. can trace. Uh, well, I God, I forget who said it. Was it? It wasn't Will Eisner. What was it? Um. I'm forgetting his name when the classics was like basically like if you can't uh 
if you can't draw it, use a reference. If you can't find a ref or something, basically it boiled down to like, whatever you got to do, trace it. If you got to mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, three guys on the internet that who cares, but <laughs> fuck those guys. <laughs> so, uh, as much as we've talked about, it's like inside the actor studio. I have to admit, I've maybe seen like a cu- only a couple episodes of that show, and I kind of knew it more through the pop culture of it. Oh yeah, that's well, that's how I got introduced to it. Is just Will Ferrell doing James Lipton? Yeah, like that. That's like I've seen more of those, more minutes of that than I have of the actual show. So, I I guess it just like it was so familiar though, right off the gate that. uh does 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 Lipton like do some of like the heavier rhetorical questions like you do, or is it just the five questions at the end was more of the what you was inspiring for you? Let's, I think it's it it's the way he approached the interviews and then had those structured questions at the end. Okay, I just really like that format, and it's funny because he based his questions off of someone else's questions. I can't remember them right now because. I'm very lazy. I didn't look it up. Uh, so in a sense, I'm copying someone who copied someone else. We're all borrowing from somebody. Yeah. So but yeah, I just, I like that format and uh, I've always really liked just talking to people and I like listening to people's stories and finding out about people. It's one of the things I actually miss about working in a bank was getting to know all the people that came in. I hated everything else about working in a bank, <laughs> but I love talking to people. Well, that really comes through on the show, and <laughs> I really like the the structure of the questions at the end because I feel like not only does it kind of signal like okay, we're we're wrapping things up, but it kind of adds some tension, I think, to the conversation in a good way, where it's like, oh wow, like these are some, you know, having been on the receiving end of those questions and all <laughs> that, it's like you you have it, you kind of have a heads up. If you've, if, unless you were the very first guest <laughs> Poor of, <Jack> what, Foster. <laughs> of what the uh, questions were, and then you have this idea of what your answers are going to be. And then you ask these questions and you're like, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so easy to second guess like, and, once and, you're there. And you want it. And, you know, the, it's the exciting part is like, I know these questions are coming every episode. So when you have a new guest, I'm like, I can't, I, I want to know what this, because even if it's the same answer that someone else gave there's going to be entirely different reasoning or a new spin on the reasoning for it and so i'm like okay cool you know and then i'm waiting for someone to like have the same answer i do on something and see what what why they chose that as their as their answer and stuff like that so you've you know as i've said you've created one of my favorite podcasts so i i hope you continue i hope it's doing well enough to like continue be, to be worth the effort it takes for everybody to do well, i hope my episode as, didn't tank your numbers too bad <laughs> as long as my adhd is humming like i, I think i'm just gonna keep doing it so awesome <laughs> and also i i do have to give credit like the whole lead with the comics coffee metal thing like that was also inspirational because i same here like i love listening to what people say and then thinking how i would respond yeah it well thank you um and again, I can't take full credit for that because <laughs> who did you lift it from? I I didn't, but I had a couple guests when my earlier episodes were like, "Oh, I thought you're going to ask me like about comics, coffee, and that." Like, 
And I'm like, oh. And then like I didn't really like, I forget when I first started doing it, but it was fairly early on where I'm like, oh, I should just lead off with this question. And then the comics coffee metal, what are you digging right now? I'm like, I didn't think that would be how I start the show, <laughs> but <laughs> that's how I start the show. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, so yeah. And you know, like you said, I like hearing what people are passionate about. And I like hearing what they're, what they're enjoying because there's so much, you know, complaining about things people don't enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> so people don't enjoy and what they're not liking. Like, well, tell me what you do like, like let's, you know, and that's part of why I'm not, you know, super stringent about like, it's gotta be metal or it's gotta be coffee. And it's like, yeah, let's talk about something else. You know, like, fine. You want to talk about, uh, orange juice, Mario, let's talk about, orange juice. <laughs> you know, you want he doesn't like the hot breakfast drinks and I respect that. That's fine. You do you let's talk about why you <laughs> like that so much. You know, it's just, that's more interesting to me than, you know, you trying to say like, Oh, I like this one coffee one time. It's like, no, tell me what you like. Mm-hmm. Well, we we've talked enough about the podcast. Let's talk. Let's get to <laughs> let's get to the let's get to the real nitty gritty, the, the the real the stuff that takes real effort, real work. Because you know, this is this is all just lounging. This is just all just you know, uh, patting ourselves on the back for how much work <laughs> this is and all that. Let's talk about your comic make. Let's talk about specifically side quest number four on Kickstarter. Where do your ideas come from? <laughs> <laughs> you listened to the David Andrew episode, I, I, didn't you? I, I, <laughs> uh. First off, you know, it, it, I had to say that because one, it's such a ridiculous question, and two, it's such a shitty segue. Um, <laughs> I but, love shitty segues, though. But having known you for like, I guess the past, I want to say two years now yeah. on Twitter, um, I can honestly say though, I'm not. I, I I must have missed the other Kickstarters you had for side quests one through three. Um, I'm all there for number four and the catching up on all, and all that. So when you mentioned like in 2019, you kind of want to immerse just immerse yourself back into comics. Is that kind of when side quests started, or is that something like a, an idea that's been kind of gestating for a long time? Uh, it it actually started working at that goddamn bank. Uh, just like taking notes on stuff on places I would rather be or stories I would rather tell than be at this horrible, horrible job. And as soon as I ended up getting fired from that job, which, you know, power to them, it was the right decision. I'm not selling any credit cards. Uh, boy, that freedom while trying to find other crappy jobs was just like, well, I could either feel sorry for myself or start working on something that I really feel passionate about and see if I could start getting a career going with that. So I, I had all these ideas about like D and D inspired stories because I, I, I love fantasy. Um, and I start tailoring those down into what became the, the bones of a story. And then I went and um, moderated a panel a couple panels at the Grand Rapids Comic Con that fall. And I had talked to some industry professionals and they were like, yeah, if you're feeling like you should go for it, then go for it. Here are, here are some things that I did on my journeys. And I was like, oh, I will take copious notes and steal your brains. That's fine. <laughs> uh, and then I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to turn this into a comic. Who do I ask to do these things? 
Uh, and I'd worked with Alaire and Tobin before, and they are just incredible collaborators and in that they're so smart and they have great ideas and they're fun. First and foremost, as I want to work with them. And then I'd worked with uh, Martina Bonan before for a little fan comic I did for Wolverine. And I remember just checking out some of her other stuff uh, in the years that had gone past and seeing how great and how amazing her own fantasy artwork is. And not just colors, like line work too. She, I recommend going and checking out her art station because it's incredible. Uh, and just knowing how much she liked RPGs and stuff, I asked if she wanted to collaborate. She was fun. She said, yeah. And it's just kind of funny how all that stuff kind of came together and coalesced really well. I, I emailed Stephanie, Cook, the editor, on a whim because I heard her on a podcast. And for some reason, she said yes, and all of her ideas were great because she's an incredible writer herself and a really good editor. Mm -hmm. And it just all kind of worked together, and we got our first... Uh, issue funded despite the actual lockdown occurring, uh, which we're really proud of because we didn't think anyone would want to pay any money <laughs> now that <laughs> the world was ending and no one had any money to do stuff with. Uh, but with each subsequent issue, I feel like we've gotten better at what we want to do and how we tell the story. And it's kind of cool with this issue where we're pretty close to being funded, and that's with a couple different. Uh, or a couple fewer slots in our NPC, like be drawn into the book thing. So I'm I'm really proud that we've amassed more readers and uh, than the previous ones. And I don't know, it it feels really cool to be in this position, which I never thought I'd be in. Awesome. When this episode drops, there'll be about three or four days left in the in the campaign. Uh, but as of right now, there's 11 days to go, and you were like less than. $150 from your goal. Like less than $140 from your goal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh so you guys are are rocking it. There I there's no doubt by the time this episode drops you'll have hit your goal and hopefully be on your way to some stretch goals and stuff like that. The art looks fantastic. Uh and I'm I'm I can't wait to like catch up on this and read this cuz I I've been finding myself drawn to more fantasy stories lately and Really? Yeah, and you know, I you know, like everyone else, I have my fantasy story ideas and stuff like that and mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where it's like, well, you know, I I don't feel versed enough in a lot of the uh a lot of other people's stories with that to kind of feel like I'm well-rounded in terms of my own ideas of it. <laughs> yeah. So I've been kind of thinking like, you know, looking into like finding more fantasies fantasies and there's no there's no shortage of it. But, you know, I'm trying to find stuff that's not, I guess, uh, that, 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 that's, that's more like side quest than, than like, oh, it's someone's shitty D and D campaign, but they paid someone to draw it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think that, uh, in uh fantasy, there's, especially fantasy comics, there's a lot more, uh, easily digestible stuff in the last yeah. couple of years. Uh, yeah. If you haven't read it yet, I really recommend uh, Coda by Sykes Spurrier and Matthias Bargara. It's okay. just a completely crazy uh, take on the fantasy genre, and it's so good. Awesome. Yeah, one of my favorite books that unfortunately was ended way too soon was uh, Anthony and Johnson's and Chris Mitten's Umbral. 
which was a fantasy story without magic, which oh wow is like kind of crazy to think about. But these are like th- those two gentlemen are like masters at what they do, and it was fantastic. And I think it was a few years before its time. I think if it came out within the past couple of years, it'd be a blockbuster. Like mm-hmm. people would have like swarmed around it. I just think the fantasy genre in comics wasn't as uh, sturdy as it is now. Okay. I think. Uh, so anyway, side quest looks amazing. The again, the art looks fantastic. Oh, uh, in the covers, uh, Brenda Snell yes. does the covers, and uh, she's an amazing graphic designer, and she also knits incredibly well. Hmm. Uh, she has an Etsy that you should check out, and like the the tonal the tone of the covers and the look of the covers, she a thousand percent nailed. Like it's just dumb how good the covers are. Yeah, I'm 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 looking at some of the, the cover artwork, and it's just. Again, I'm like, how did I, you know, how did I miss these other ones? You know, uh, it's because I'm very shitty at promotion. <laughs> very, very shitty at promotion. Uh, well, no, it, it, it's 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 those things. I'm sure you have those those ones of your own where you're like, how did I miss this? How did I miss that? Like, there was uh, Commander Rao that I talked about a, a few episodes back, where it's like, how did I miss the campaign for this one? Like, you like. <laughs> Come on, like, come on, Don, get your shit together. <laughs> uh, kind of using that as a segue, the only reason I knew about Commander Rao is because I actually uh, hired Felt to do some of the one of the the original pinups for the first uh, campaign that we had for issue one, and then I she started like showing some of her Commander Rao stuff, and I was like, this is going to be amazing, and it was. So. With the Kickstarter, there's plenty of great tiers, and one of my favorites is when people are doing like the single issues, you get the catch-up stuff. Because even though I did miss it, I can easily just catch up on the rest of them by backing one of these tiers. Are, are there any particular tiers that you're excited about people backing or uh, you know, think people should be uh, checking out when they first come to the campaign? Well, I've been really lucky in that the last couple campaigns like i incorporate something new into the subsequent one because of a problem that arose uh like with it's so stupid i'm i'm so i'm really new at making comics and doing kickstarter and stuff that i didn't really think about add-ons like of course mm-hmm. someone would want to add on some back uh, like a back issue that would make sense of course they'd want to do that so i started doing that and then i wanted to make more uh digital tiers uh financially feasible and mm-hmm like more informative so with the digital catch-up bundle we're really i'm really geeked about because it's it's pretty good deal like each one is like five bucks i think it all factors out too yeah and then for this campaign i i a couple people were having problems with adding adding on single issues i was like well fuck it let's just make a a physical catch-up tier and that one's (laughs) been really popular since we put it on and i think everyone's just looking for something easy because they're innately lazy like me. What your answer should have been was the tier with, with your book with lips. <laughs> um, but you are not incorrect. Uh, you, you have a lot of great tiers on here. A lot of uh, easy ways for people to catch up. Easy ways for people to get, if they are caught up already, to get something cool and new and unique. Uh, but yeah, I think the, your book with lips tier is probably 
the most special. Um, well, there's just something gratifying about drawing a bird with lips. Don, you've done it. How I gratifying have. did it feel? It felt more gratifying than morally <laughs> <laughs> than morally possible. <laughs> if that makes any sort of sense whatsoever. Um, well, at, speaking of birds with lips, uh, we have some Twitter questions. So let's get right to those because we have some doozies. First and foremost, uh, as as we're talking about our our lovely birds with lips, uh, Daniel Kalban asks, what is the bird with the most sensuous lips and why slash is, was it the dodo? The dodo was fun because I wanted to give it stupid teeth too. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the one with the, the single most sensuous lips was the initial toucan because it had a very come hither look to it. I think with subsequent birds <laughs> with lips, I got to experiment more with like the sheen on the lips or how much teeth are showing or if they want to pucker and stuff like that. But that first one, you you want to do something with that toucan. I, I have to disagree. I, I think the, the dodo is the one with the most sensuous lips. Not a lot of people know this because big media tries to keep it down, but that's why the dodos went extinct. They had these big sensuous lips and they died because they just spent all their time kissing and not eating or taking care of their young. And they just died out because they were just kissing each other all the time. Yeah. And I can't blame them. I can't blame them. (laughs) You know, granted a great, you know, actual true representation of what the dodos look like. And (laughs) you, you can't blame them. You just can't. It's so stupid how, how that thing is snowballed. <laughs> uh, uh, our next question is from uh, previous guest and bud, Matt Summo. He wants to know, do you like him? Uh, I don't like Matt Summo. Do you like like him? I love him. Oh. See what I did? Ah, I see what you did there. Turned around <laughs> on me. All right. Yeah, he's just a lovely person. Like, I feel I like the, the adjective lovely. Uh, I think it's. I, I I do too, but I feel like it 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 also can be like a little creepy for some people. <laughs> like he's like, a lovely person. Well, you it's know like, what? I'm not... <laughs> Those people can get fucked with a cactus <laughs> because it's a great word. Uh, and Matt is a lovely person. Well, there you go, Matt. Hopefully, uh, that makes you sleep a little bit tighter at night and, and a little more <laughs> a little more safe. It's going to take you like a week and a half to get this answer. <laughs> So, a lot of sleepless nights until a lot, a lot of like just waking up in cold sweats like fuck man does he like <laughs> but you know i i hope i hope i hope matt you have you you have an inclination that this that, that you know grant loved uh the aforementioned fellhound she would like to know when will we see tareen's abs it doesn't really work within the story right now but uh, I guess we could make someone draw them I think uh, Alaire should do it because she's very good at drawing Tureen and I think she would do a very good job with Tureen abs it's funny because we've actually discussed this in the past in our stupid little chats and we're like well, if we were to do something like that like what kind of body type would she have so we have we have discussed it and reference photos have been shared so I don't I don't know <laughs> <laughs> put it in, put the ball in a layer's or, court or you could just bounce it right back to fell it's like you you are fully capable of manifesting this 
you have drawn this character before. All you have to do is show her abs. You're a very capable young woman. You can do this. <laughs> you may have some experience with this. The <laughs> uh, next question is not so much a question as just a true statement. And that is from our good bud, Bob France. Grant is a real stud. Oh, 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 oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you. You are, you are not the internet's heartthrob for nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing like slapping yourself with a, a designation <laughs> and then telling people that it's true. Uh, and, and sticking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now we have some actual questions <laughs> from uh, buddy and guest John Westoff. He wants to know, what's been a challenge of creating a podcast that most would be unaware of? I would say actually tricking yourself and having the confidence to do it in the first place. Uh, Because if I can get real for a second, my entire life I've had really bad problems with self-confidence and self-esteem and stuff. And um, it's, it's hard to convince yourself that this might be a fun, good thing to do when you don't believe it starting up. But I don't know, just, as soon as uh, I started talking about potentially doing it, it seemed like other people were excited. And that, that kind of gave helps. me a little boost. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to, to, to jump on your realness here with that, you know, hard Sam, you know, self-confidence and anxiety with talking with people is, was a huge hurdle for me. Yeah. And I was able to chip away at a lot of that uh, thanks to just my general stubbornness. <laughs> and being like, no, I want to talk to this person. And, and a lot of it had to do with like conventions and stuff like that. And going up to people I knew and respected and just kind of doing it. And, you know, the the earlier days of social media before it became just a flaming cesspool. Yeah. Uh, was a lot of fun and, and getting to know people and kind of like breaking a lot of that ice. Um, And then doing the podcast kind of became a thing for me for just wanting to talk to my friends, people I knew. But then it get, it came to the point where it's like, well, I should start asking other people. And there's that challenge of like, what if this person says no? What if this person doesn't want to talk oh, to me? Yeah. You know, what if this person's like, no, you? No, thank you. And I've had maybe one or two people say no. Um, but that's because, you know, they were clear that podcasts aren't their thing. Like that's not oh, what they, okay. they they don't do that. Um and aside from like one or two other uh, dropouts like it, it was just kind of just pretty easy um you know i could tell myself like well you know who doesn't like free yeah um, okay but you know i i've made some genuine friends from this podcast i've made you know gotten to know a lot of people really well and there's that adage of like fake it till you make it yes and i i, w- I would ask you to like anything like you're worried about doing or scared of doing Sure, you know, you can you can apply that. But really what it is, it's practice. Mm-hmm. It's just practice. Because it's, reps in. it's, you know, it, it's not the same context, but, and I know it, it came from another actual athlete, but that Ted Lasso quote, like, practice, man, just practice, mm-hmm. just practice. Like, but just like taking that into a different context where it's like, this is just practice. Like, you're just practicing all these things. And then one day you realize, like, you're talking to people who have like huge followings and things like that. And 
you're not worried about that. You're just engaged in the conversation. And there's a lot of that stuff kind of falls away. Granted, there's been conversations I've had with people who are pretty popular and, you know, even through the podcast <laughs> and, and the, the, just the, the idea of audio, you know, I still got, you know, some, some sweaty underarms and stuff like that from it. Uh, but there's, it's just the fact of it's like, you know, for me, I was just too stubborn to like not want to do this, yeah. to not, to not, to like be held back by this. I was at the point where I was just like, I'm going to do this. And if I, if burn, if it fall, if I fall on my face, it's going to suck. But if I don't, it's going to kind of rule. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> so. And I like uh, what you said about like getting reps. Uh, and it, in my case, it's getting ready for, for, going to cons as like a person that makes comics. Yeah. Uh, I've never done that before. I've either been a moderator or someone who's going there to buy stuff. Uh, having to get people to buy my stuff sounds horrifying. It it's, it's its own, it's its own thing, but you find your own groove. You find your own method to it. You know, I'm not a carnival barker type person. So though I'll be out of practice uh, <laughs> by the time I'm comfortable going to conventions again, you know, I, I, towards, towards the end there, I was able to find my own comfort level with like what, how I felt comfortable. And if I feel comfortable where I'm at, what I'm doing, I can only assume that's projected out. So people don't feel like I'm being standoffish or I'm like instantly trying to sell you a thing the minute you walk up to my table. So it's, it's again, yeah, you, you kind of just have to acknowledge the fact that you could fall on your face with it. You know, people could say no conversations could go badly, (laughs) you know, so excited though, things like that. But on the flip side, you know, that's, you, you find your way, you find your thing. I found my comics coffee metal question. Like that's, like, how do, you know, so many conversations, like, you, you've listened to the show, like, we start off with that, and it's like a half hour in, and we're like, oh, well, let's, <laughs> let's go to the next one, because we, we've, we just spent, you know, talking about this thing you like, and who doesn't like talking about the things they like, you know? So, that's my long-winded answer for a question for Grant, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I will answer one half of this question. Uh, and that is from our bud, Lan Pitts. Uh, he wants to know, writing influences and favorite tacos. Oh, ooh. Hmm. Uh, writing influences. I think Lan might, might appreciate this. Is uh, I was obsessed with Wizard Magazine when I was younger. And I loved that conversational uh, tone that they had. And they could relay this information in such a fun way. And all their articles were super informative, and they just made comics fun. And I always wanted to write for them, but then they folded, and that was heartbreaking. Um, and as for actual <laughs> actual comic writers, uh, Bed Edlund's The Tick series was really influential to me. Uh, I still, it's something I still reread because it's so funny and it's so smart. Um, but yeah, like those those kind of not flippant but jovial writers that are able to 
convey emotion when when they need to. Like, man, that's that's the good stuff. Nice. That's your favorite taco. Jesus Christ. Uh, As you think about that, I'm going to I'm going to mention that uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that my name is surrounded by tacos uh, (laughs) on Twitter. Because uh, along with comics, coffee, and metal, tacos are one of my favorite things ever. I think it is the ultimate food. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be any specific way to be considered the ultimate food, but everything could be better as a taco. That's all I'm going to say. And if I could have made this podcast comics, coffee, metal, tacos, <laughs> I would have. But that's that, that, that's a bit much. <laughs> hey, well, hey, if Callboy can rebrand... Like there you go. Coffee, comics, metal, tacos. You know, when I hit episode 100, that'd be the new rebranding. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, you know, get my sombrero out and we'll do some new, <laughs> some new show artwork. It'll be great. But um, yeah. So Grant, what is your favorite taco? Um, uh, back when we lived in Traverse City, there was this Mexican place that didn't have any white people that worked there, which made me happy. Um, and they made these tacos that were so simple it was like diced white onion uh cilantro and the protein in two small corn shells and i love their carnita tacos so much like i'm kind of drooling a little bit thinking about it because <laughs> i miss them and they're so good like but if anyone puts pork in any mexican dish i am 100 percent in awesome yeah, I, I I love carnitas too, and uh, my my favorite taco is pretty much what you said, but with carne asada. It's just oh yeah, the the cilantro and onion only as the topping. You know, there are people who I know like they can't eat cilantro; it tastes like soap to them or something. And I mm-hmm. legit feel bad for you <laughs> because cilantro is like one of the best things ever. Um, my dad used to grow cilantro in a backyard garden and it, I, I know it sounds weird to say this, but like you can tell fresh cilantro, like even from like store-bought like stuff you pick out from a garden, it's just different. And I would just like grab like a, a handful of it and just, just eat it. Wow. That, that's a lot more hardcore. <laughs> um, but like, uh, but like, you know, the, the more traditional, you know, street taco style with the two corn tortillas and yes, corn tortillas people. I had a friend who I had known, I have known since high school, you know, over, you know, 20 years at this point. And just like, it's like maybe two years ago, he just realized that you can buy corn tortillas at the store. Really? And I was like, that is like the whitest thing you've ever told me. What? And he just, he's like, he's like, I, he's like, we just got flour or we got the, the crunchy ones. Oh, wow. And I'm like, you, what? And <laughs> I know what stores he shopped at. I'm like, there's a whole display yeah. of like, you know, yellow corn tortillas. Like you can get white corn, but yellow corn's a superior one. White yeah. corn's, white corn's good if you're like, there's no, no other option and you want them to keep for longer, but yellow corn, is where it's at anyway um so <laughs> dude are you also super hungry right now oh i'm starving right now i am just <laughs> i'm thinking i'm thinking about tacos like i 
you know, do you have an instant pot at home? Uh, not anymore. Okay. Cause I'm going to say, I, I, cause I, I have a taste for carnitas and you can get like some pork loin and just put that in an instant pot and it's not the same. It's, it's not like the super slow roasted, but you get the flavors in a pinch and yeah. Anyway, may I I share something slightly controversial? Go for it. Uh, If I had to choose between tacos and burritos, I think I'd go with burrito though. I understand. I understand. I I was not a burrito fan for the longest time because I was not a flour tortilla fan. Like mm-hmm. I just I just could not. And then after a while, you know, I I made some of my own. You know, my wife loves burritos, so you know, I would just like, all right, fine, I'll make burritos or whatever. And this one day, I'm like, you know what? I kind of dig this. So I I get. You know, it's 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 kind of like you know, they're they're, they're related. <laughs> you know, yeah. similar components. Granted, a burrito is, you know, it got a little bit of extra uh, junk in the trunk, but that's fine. But that's fine. A burrito, you know, I've, you know, a a burrito is just as versatile as a taco, man. You can make a breakfast burrito. You can make a lunch burrito. People say, oh, I got these beautiful wraps. That's a burrito, man. Yeah, you're not fooling anyone. Like, it's like, cool. You got like this whole grain, whatever, or just, you know, tomato basil wrap. (laughs) That's a tortilla, bro. Like, that's fine. You're making yeah, a burrito. I, I had this uh, chicken Caesar salad wrap. You had a chicken Caesar salad burrito, my friend. Yeah, and nothing wrong with that. It, it, it's perfectly good. Uh, <laughs> I'm really hungry now. And I know, it's worst. It's it's terrible. It's like 1040 at night over here. It's even later over by you. I'm like getting ready to like text my wife like, it's too late to order some tacos. <laughs> oh, Anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Lan. Good question. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Lan. <laughs> now we're fucking hungry. <laughs> oh, sir. Oh, boy. Well, Grant, it's been an absolute blast talking to you. Um, I can think of no finer place to end than just drooling about tacos as we consider like what we got in our fridge that will satiate the hunger we now have in our bellies. But before we go, could you let everybody know where they can find you in the internet land? Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, uh, I'm at Grant and Stuff. Uh, if you really want to find me on Facebook, you just look up my name. But I, I, I don't really like it. I wish I could get rid of it, but I still need it to promote my stuff to family members. Uh, I also have a website, uh, GrantStoye.com. I post comic stuff and essays and uh, short fiction. And I have a Gumroad. But the Gumroad, of course, isn't Grant Stoy because that would be too easy to find. It's actually noun and verb because Grant is a noun and a verb. Fancy. That's very fancy. I'll make sure there are links to all of that in the show notes below. Grant, once again, thank you so much for coming on. Everyone, go check out SideQuest on Kickstarter. few days left. Go back it. It looks amazing. Grant's a great writer. I'm sure it's going to be a, a real fun, awesome fantasy book. I can't wait to read it myself. Go check out Into the Comic Cave. Amazing podcast. You can skip my episode. I won't be offended. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of great ones on there. Uh, and yeah, Grant, thank you so much for coming on. 
No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Commas Coffee Metal Podcast. Please be sure to return next episode with my guest, the head of Don't Hide PR and author of Heavy Metal Headbang, Melissa Mazzazaros. See you then. <laughs>